This is News Talk 980 CKNW. We are uh, all waiting to see what Andrew Weaver will say, where he will perhaps uh, shake his hand, with what party he will align himself. We're told it could happen or will happen by Wednesday. And the speculation, well, it's rampant. Everybody looking at what scenario might play out. We're going to talk about that and also the issue of electoral reform and the details that we might not know about. Max Cameron is the director at the Center for the Study of Democratic Institutions at UBC, and he joins us on the line. Max, great to chat with you again. Hi, Jill. Yes, good to be with you. Uh, what do you think? Is it, or, or what do you think might be the most realistic uh, scenario we see unfold when we find out Wednesday uh, where the alliances are? Well, Andrew Weaver is holding his cards pretty close to his chest. Uh, he's working with both parties to uh, establish some sort of agreement. Uh, he says he'll decide by Wednesday he can't have an agreement with both. Uh, on the one hand, I think uh, an agreement with the Liberals would give a more comfortable majority, but the policy alignment seems to be closer with the NDP, and my sense is that that's what his base probably expects. It does. It would seem odd, wouldn't it, that, like you said, the numbers seem better, but the policies are so different. Both would have to concede a lot if there was a Green-Liberal alliance. Yeah, I that's, I think that's right. Um, he seems to have gained votes in large measure by attracting disaffected liberals and then to turn around and uh, support the liberal government, uh, I think would come as a surprise to many of them. I think it would also be much diff- more difficult to get agreement on a number of issues that are quite critical um, with, the, with the BC Liberal Party. Uh, electoral reform has been front and center uh, a must by Andrew Weaver, saying he absolutely uh, wants proportional representation. Uh, I believe the NDP wants proportional representation as well. Uh, you've looked at this, uh, and, and you've had students that look at this as well. Uh, wh- what is the issue with electoral reform that, that we're just not getting? Well, this is certainly one of the issues that uh, Andrew Weaver has made a priority, and you can see the reason why. Our electoral system is very makes it very hard for third parties to do well. So, for example, just in the last election, the Greens won a little under 17% of the popular vote, but only got three seats out of an 87-seat legislature. So it's natural that the um, a Green Party would put that as a priority, even though it's not you know, an environmental issue. It's not, strictly speaking, uh, the kind of issue that we think the Green Parties uh, focus on typically. But for the long haul, for the Green Party to do well, electoral reform would be crucial. And so what we've done in this paper that we've uh, issued at the Center for the Study of Democratic Institutions is to look at the federal electoral reform uh, experience and say, well, what can we learn from that? Because obviously that didn't work. Uh, the federal government took a year to try to change the electoral system, and at the end of it, abandoned it. So is, are there lessons we can draw from the federal experience that might be applicable to BC? And is it is it making sure is it that people understand? Because wasn't the, the, the reason or the excuse given was that there was no consensus on what people wanted? That's the reason, uh, and I, I like how you said uh, maybe the excuse, because frankly, I don't think that um, you go to the public on a complex issue like that and say, well, what's the consensus? You have to, the consensus has to be built, and you have to educate people, and there has to be a process of meaningful engagement and consultation and deliberation, and that's really what was missing. You don't build consensus by holding town halls. Town halls are a terrible way to do that. Um, internet quizzes are not going to help either. You had an all-party committee that actually did a superlative work, although it didn't ultimately come to a recommendation, but, you, but there's no reason why the government couldn't have built on that. At the end of the day, the Liberal Party simply decided this is a hard issue. Uh, it's not necessarily a winner for us. Uh, it's not necessarily in our, in our partisan interests. 
So we're simply going to walk away from it. I think the difference provincially is that the Green Party is highly motivated on this issue because it is in their interest. Uh, and so in some sense, a minority government is more auspicious for getting something like this done. On the other hand, minority governments tend to be briefer. And so the opportunity to put into place a process that is meaningfully consultative, that really engages people, and it helps you to build a consensus around some option or other, uh, is going to be more difficult. That said, I wouldn't say it was impossible. Uh, but is it even possible if if there was some agreement was made, and in that agreement the two parties said, yes, we're going to bring in proportional representation? It's not as though they can just flip a switch and bring in that, that process, is it? Is there is there any guarantee that it would be in place for the next election? Is that even possible? Well, that's exactly right. There, are, there, as you say, uh, there are, uh, first of all, there are many forms of proportional representation, but all of them would involve some kind of significant change to the electoral system. They, they generally would involve changing ba- uh, uh, electoral boundaries. Uh, that's almost inevitable because to have some kind of proportional representation, you have to have ridings uh, that, that, uh, that are larger than the ones we have, at least in some areas. Uh, we could have a mixed system with, you know, for example, a single transferable vote in the urban areas and leave the rural areas as they are. But any change that involved new boundaries, you'd have to then strike a commission to look at what those boundaries would be. That takes time. And then you'd have to enact legislation to implement it, and you'd have to resource uh, the, uh, the elections of BC to, to, to make the changes. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I think that to do that, you really do need a few years. And that's probably why when you listen to uh, Mr. Weaver, he talks about an agreement that would give stability to government and, and, and perhaps for more than two, three, or even four years. Uh, what about the, the concern by some that a system like that leads to more minority governments and leads, leads to less stability? Well, that is, without any question, uh, an inevitable consequence of having uh, a more proportional system. We would have a larger number of parties, by at least, by at least one more, in the B.C. case, uh, being the Greens. Uh, I think it's quite, uh, quite uh, inevitable. And so that being the case, one of the consequences that you have to look at is, are, you know, do we want that? Do we want more minority governments? Uh, if we go that route, then one of the things that we'll see happening more is parties be put in a position where in order to form government and in order to maintain government, uh, they have to work together. Uh, the kind of politics that we're seeing today is exactly the kind of politics that would be quite typical in a proportional representation system. In other words, there would be elections, people would cast their ballots for their candidate or perhaps candidates, and then uh, there would be a process by which the members of the legislature would work together to form a government, and that process would have to be held in place in order to sustain the government. That's very typical in Western European democracies that have proportional representation, uh, but it's not as typical for those of us in Canada who are accustomed to majority government. Uh, and and as far as imposing it, uh, there have been two uh, votes on this uh, that didn't pass the threshold. Do you think this is something that can be imposed without putting it to a referendum? Uh, great question. I mean, uh, I would say, in fact, that the first referendum, which passed, uh, uh, I think the result was something like 57%, but the requirement was 60%, and you had to win in, in a, a supermajority of, of ridings across the province. Uh, you know, we set the threshold unreasonably high there. 
Uh, in fact, when you think about it, it's kind of undemocratic to let a minority prevent change. So my view is the first referendum after the Citizens' Assembly was a pretty strong endorsement by the public for some form of change, and that's consistent with, the, what, with what the polls tell us. The second referendum clearly fell below the, the, even the 50% mark, and, and my sense was that that was a referendum uh, in which people had kind of lost interest in the issue. The Citizens' Assembly had receded in, into history, uh, and, and there, there just wasn't a campaign to, to, to generate any interest in the, in the issue. Uh, there is a status quo bias referendum. They tend to bring out people who say no. Uh, if, they're, if you're given a choice between something that you know, however imperfect, and something you don't know, uh, a lot of people will just go with what they know. And so one alternative then to having a referendum immediately would be uh, implement the change through legislation, uh, try it out for one election or two, and then have a referendum and let the public decide at that, at that point whether they like the new system. Uh, the alternative would be that, uh, you know, rather than trying to implement the reforms all, all at once and do it through legislation, uh, have a referendum and then implement the reforms. I, I wouldn't say that, strictly speaking, a referendum has to be held, uh, but I do think it is absolutely vital that whatever be done, be done in a way that commands the broad support of the public. If that support is there, I think you can go ahead without a referendum. But if it's questionable whether the public really wants this, then I think a referendum would be vital. All right, Max, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.